stay tuned now for Pomo Perspective. And good Monday morning. This is Alicia Bales here live in the Ukiah studio, and this is, this hour is Pomo Perspective. Michael Hunter is away, but he has invited an amazing guest for today's show, a very timely guest who is here. Dino Beltran is the vice chairman of the Koi Nation of Northern California. Um, Koi are Pomo from Lake County and have lived continuously in the southern Clear Lake Basin for at least 14,000 years. Good morning, Dino. Yes, good morning. Good morning. It's great to hear your voice. You're also an Emmy Award-winning documentary filmmaker, uh, which is fascinating and amazing in itself. But today we're going to talk about something that the Koi Nation has um, been doing that has gotten you on the front page of the newspaper uh, in the last couple of days. Um, on Wednesday, you announced a plan to build a casino resort in Sonoma County. So we want to talk about all of the aspects of that um, and uh, what what the future holds for, for this plan for the Koi Nation. So um, welcome. And can you start by introducing yourself and maybe talking a bit about the, the plan? Certainly. Um, hello, I'm Dino Beltran. I'm the vice chair for the Koi Nation of Northern California. Um, and, and everything Alicia said is... Uh, is up to par is where we're heading. Um, our, our, our ancestors have traditionally been from the Clear Lake area. We've also traversed through the Sonoma County area since time out of Memorial. Um, our, our tribe is really known for being, uh, tradesmen throughout the Northern California. And, and there's the main trade trail that comes from Lower Lake goes all the way out to Bodega Bay. And, uh, our, our ancestors, namely my, my, my great grandfather's brother, Tom Johnson, they were he was his specialty was making clamshell beads, but our people did not trade with the Coast Miwok, or should I say the Bodega Bay Pomo, much more specifically. Um, we uh, but they were experts in making really fine clamshell beads. But we just got the raw material, the whole clamshells, and brought them back and made them home. Um, over periods of time, though, since the encroachment of colonizers, uh, starting with the unratified treaties of 1851. Uh, we were basically, uh, from about 1870 on, we were squatters on all the lands in our area. I bring up the treaty because the treaty stated that all Pomo people were supposed to reside on the shores of Clear Lake. All of them were going to be forced to, re- or to to live there from all areas. And, um, again, not ratified. But the uh, people who ended up squatting or, should I say, owning the lands, the pioneers and colonizers, uh, did not want. <laughs> to, to lose their property, so they were able to go ahead and stifle that uh, ratification of the treaties. So from that point on, about 1870 or so, our, our people were squatters on our own land. And it was at that point that um, our leaders of our tribe, because of the trade trail and their familiar their familiar um, travels for centuries coming through the area, um, they decided to settle in the the Annaly area, area of Sebastopol, and which is very close to the trade trail that I'm talking about. So um, uh, we, we've been searching for land for a few years, and uh, we settled on this property. Uh, it just so happens that that trade trail goes right th- directly through the middle of this property. So it's an area that you have historically used 
as a people for since time immemorial. Yeah. Well, so you, go ahead. Uh, I was just curious. There was a time when, um, through the treaty process, you were given some, uh, some reservation land, and then it was just sold out from underneath. Oh, you? that wasn't that wasn't through the treaty process in the early 1900s. The Bureau of Indian Affairs established the Lower Lake Rancheria oh. as some lands for our tribe, but the land was really it was arid. It was, there's was no there's no water source, and it was uh, really rocky, still rocky. In fact, that whole area is just just it's just how the, uh, the 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 type of soil is just, and not just small pebbles. We're talking big giant rocks. That, I mean, they're larger than fist size. They're boulder size. They're all different kinds of sizes all through that area. So you couldn't grow anything. I mean, there was no heavy machinery back in those days that you could go to uh, tractor supply and get it, and you couldn't just move stuff. I mean, it needed, you know, big, big stuff. Anyway, so that property has been for sale in that Clear Lake area for, I don't know, 25 years or more because it's just, because it's an airport. And if we were, people want to say, well, why don't you go back to where your rancheria was? Well, it's an airport. And the uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs will not take any contaminated lands into um, into trust. So that the other thing too is hardly any of our people live there anymore. We haven't lived there because we re, we've been down here for well over a century, and that's all well documented. We've been able to get uh, some top-notch ethnohistorians that have done these types of projects before, and um, and they feel very 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 confident that we're going to be able to go ahead and. Well, it's already, we know we've been here, and mm-hmm. it's documented on top of it. So, Well, and this is going to become uh, extremely material to the next steps in the process in terms of um, the federal and state agreements to allow the casino resort to, to go forward, and some of the complaints or the um, criticisms I've, I've read in the paper are that uh, because the Koi ancestral land is up in Lake County, you know, why do you have a right to build in Sonoma County? And, and I really want to want to get to that. But I also want to touch on the more recent history. Of, um, was the tribe terminated? Yeah, well, that that's actually a, a really great question. Um, in the uh, late 40s, early 50s is when the United States government started the termination period where they wanted the land back. Um, I believe I'm correct in saying it was one of the last times that there was a Republican Senate, House, and and President, um, all three at that time, and they were trying to take all the lands back out of trust. And the languages that were used consistently is, This is in line with the termination of federal supervision over California Indians, but that was pretty much used across the United States. And uh, they introduced uh, some legislation in early 1950s. No, the the proposal was done in 1953, and in 1956, the termination of the Lower Lake Rancheria did occur. But what, what was terminated was the actual dirt, the actual parameters of the, uh, the meets and bounds uh, of the of the rancheria were terminated, not the tribalship of the tribe. So that's where we were able to argue our federal recognition. Um, and then after being federally recognized, there was a question about that, so we had to go to court for that. 
And then so that had been solidified along with our our, our restoration for uh, for gaming under in the gaming regulatory act. So all of that's been squared away by by the courts. And this already. is like super recent. This is in the last couple of years, correct? Yes, yes. That court that court decision happened in the ca- happened on California Indian Day, two thousand nineteen. Wow. When's, yeah, when's California cool. Indian Day? Oh, California Indian Day is the third Friday of every September every year, and it celebrates the culture and the um, and the and the and the ongoing existence of our Native American peoples today. Yeah, it's established by the governor. I think Governor Reagan actually was the one who who established it. If I'm, I, I could be incorrect. I can't remember. It was I was just a kid when they started. So, but I think it's in its fifty-first year. Wow. And uh, it's coming up here, you know. Um, unfortunately, because of COVID, for the second year, they've had to cancel the festivities. And it's held on the uh, on the lawns of the state capitol. So all the tribes throughout the state are invited to come. And, you know, I, I, I've been there several times. Uh, my friend Michael Hunter is the MC for the event every year. And uh, he does a great job, you know. He's one of those pretty boys, you know. I bet he does a great job. I wonder, if, do they have any, like, reggae in the background? <laughs> does no, does he dance? Actually, this one is totally cultural, you know. They have uh, dance groups from throughout the state. They have the bird singers from Southern California. They have uh, the local tribes from the area from Sacramento are there, and then some Pomo tribes will dance, and it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful to see. And to hear other other cultures, those, those bird singers, uh, uh, my significant other, she just she just loves those bird singers, even though she's a Pomo person as well. So, and you were you received your confirmation of your federal recognition on that day two years ago. Oh no, our federal recognition happened in two thousand, in late two thousand. Okay. But the confirmation that we were federally recognized and our restoration for gaming was all. It's just a confirmation, again, that happened in 2019, but the restoration for gaming, we had to fight for that. The, the Bureau of Indian Affairs wouldn't give us that. Uh, that was because in 2007 and eight, uh, the Bush administration had changed who was eligible for gaming and their regulations had changed. So we've had to change with the changes. So, I mean, there used to be a commutability standard where you had to live within a reasonable commuting distance to the property you bring in a trust for gaming. Um uh, a portion of your people have to live nearby, you know. It has to be within 25 miles of your headquarters. So this this parcel that, that has been submitted for this feed of trust process is 12 miles away. The other type of things that they've brought in is that it needs to be close to where your community has existed. And when uh, our, our community actually was living in Sebastopol, um, that's where, you know, our, our ancestors had voted uh, well, they they elected to go in the late 1800s, but they the the official records that are found are in the Sebastopol area, and um, so it needs to be within a certain miles of that. So it's 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 10 miles from from that exact location where they all lived, and they leased the ranch out there, and they they did really well. In fact, one Press Democrat article I think in 1920 says my great my great-great-uncle uh, was a wealthy Indian, of all things. 
and he was he was he was a uh, boy. He and my great grandfather were movers and shakers back in the day. I mean, uh, they had started a political action committee for Native Americans uh, before Native Americans were even uh, citizens of the United States. They did this in the early 1920s. Native Americans weren't citizens until 1924. Um, still regarded in the Declaration of Independence as savages, by the way. They can't even change that part, but that's just the way it goes. Um, but anyway, so we've had to change as the regulations have changed. We've had to waiver on this. We've had to be flexible on that. And, 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 and you know, I, I think it's really a terrible moniker that people say that, you know, this is an action called reservation shopping. This isn't that. When you're landless, you, where, what do you do? What do you, is that a convenient? I think that's more of a colonized saying than anything. I mean, where are we supposed to go? We were terminated. The land was terminated. We had to fight for our federal recognition. We had to fight for our gaming rights. Um, and that's another thing. People say, well, why do you have to do gaming? Well, according to ethno historians, there's about 500 treaties throughout the United States over the years, and not a single one of them was upheld. What is the one thing that supports Native Americans at a federal level? One thing. The Indian Gaming Regulatory Act. That is a tried-and-true measure. It's not a preferred measure, but it's been tried and true. So that, the regulations that have been forthcoming, um, or should I say that have come about, we've had to, we've had to adhere to. So here we are. And, um, you know, we, we looked at 120 properties, approximately 120 properties, and the majority of those were not for sale. So we have had to. We, we would have had to go ahead and ask the landowner to uh, to to sell it to us. Um, and but the other there's other things you know like uh, I, the Great Rancheria, you know they got held up because of this tiger salamander, the amphibious area in Sonoma County. Well, this is outside of that. Um, and I think the, the the neat thing is just this trade shelf trail literally going right through the middle of it. It's a creek. It was right through the middle of the property. Wow. Let me just mention, um, this is Pomo Perspective. I'm Alicia Bales. I'm sitting in for Michael Hunter, and our guest is Dino Beltran. He's the vice chairman of the Koi Nation of Northern California. We're talking about a proposal uh, that was revealed last week to build a casino uh, near Windsor. Uh, and um, there's just been a lot of... There's been a lot of coverage of it. There's been a lot of fallout from it. And there's also been some interesting sort of who are the coy people kind of coverage, like catch up coverage about trying to figure out <laughs> who you are and, and what this proposal is. So can you can you describe the, the land that you've purchased and what the plan is for the casino? Well, it is uh, 68 acres. Um. Uh, where you said it's located, it is uh, mostly vineyard land. We are we are now grape growers, so we've we've sold about 250 tons of grape. They're being harvested as we speak. Oh, because you own it now. You own this vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of lot, lot of we're learning as we go on that. We've only had it for a few weeks, so we're learning as we go. Uh, as far as being in the viticulture business, uh, looks like our vineyard seems to be shaped up a little bit, but that's okay. Um, we're willing to go ahead and work on that in the interim. Um, 
what else? Um, and then for the most part, that's been the major feature of what this property is, you know. Uh, you know, we've, we've already had some environmental work done on it, uh, and uh, we hired a great environmental team to do the assessment on that. The traffic assessment has been done, and, and it looks like this is probably just, there's, there's no showstoppers on anything as far as the environment or the traffic. It's, it's, my brother has stated in an interview that it looks like it's going to be pretty minimal. Uh, the traffic-wise, and there is no impact on, on the environment. And there's no impact because, like, like I stated earlier, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the federal government, will not take in land into trust for Native Americans if it's contaminated anyway. And there is, there's nothing within, I think, three-quarter of a mile that's contaminated. So uh, that's not going to affect us at all. So what's the plan? What's the casino going to look like? And, and how did you um, how did you come up with it? We, we wanted to have something that was a California wine country style. Uh, you know, we, a lot of folks have come you know, different ideas. Some of the things that were proposed to us had an old Italian Tuscan look, which is beautiful. Um, a French Chateau look, which is also has its own beauty. But we really think we're going to stay in tune. That's low key. And if you looked at the renderings, there's no hardly any lighting. You know, it is very, very subdued. And it has a modern, contemporary feel to it. Um, everybody, every single person that has looked at it thinks it's just beautiful. And, I, and I, I'm glad that our architects, uh, they, they listened to what we wanted to have. I mean, literally, they couldn't have, I, that's what I had in my mind, but probably couldn't explain it because I'm no architect. But it really is a beautiful, a beautiful building. It's, it's going to have an entertainment venue. It's 2,000 seats. It's going to be a theater style. It's not going to be... Uh, a banquet room with a flat surface and banquet chairs. It's going to be an actual theater setup, so we can have some top top name. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I know uh, our friends down in Southern California. Some of them have attractions like Pitbull, and they bring in you know three thousand people in their arenas and stuff. Well, they're actually about to get another flat surface, but you know they're, they make great business from having to stop. I'm not saying Pitbull would be the guy, but on that level of entertainment. Um, but, you know, we also are trying to, trying to work through what we can bring for families. You know, I, I, I see our, that our, our relatives up at Bear, Bear River Lodge, they have, you know, a whole family entertainment center across from their, their resort and casino. And it has bowling and it has a very large arcade. It, it looks, and, and that's open to everybody. I mean, the whole community goes there because it's, it's really a, a nice, neat place to go for families. So we're looking at doing something like that. Um, um, but they're going to be a very large spa, meeting areas, um, uh, restaurants. Um, we're really going to do our best to bring some world-class eateries here. I mean, I, I, I think everybody probably has seen the buffet and a casino. They've seen the small things. And, then, yeah, there, there's going to be that. But, you know, th- this really is going to have something that – I hope it's going to have a Michelin starred chef that's going to become more for us. I already know who I would love to ask. He doesn't know it yet. I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, I've been kind of following where he is now, right, right now, and uh, maybe when the time is right, we'll 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 hit him up. Okay, so you are really thinking immediately, like you already have in mind the chef that you want to possibly I do. invite, and I do, and and so. Uh, 
with the Grayton Rancheria, uh, with the Grayton Casino, it, it took 10 and a half years to go through the whole process. Do you anticipate something like that, or do you, um, what do you think about the timeline? Um, that was really a tough one to call, you know, because uh, the BIA has to do their stalwart effort to make sure that everything I'm telling you about the environmental aspects of the property, that it is clean, um, uh, that the traffic study is correct, and that, you know, we those things have to be done in, in, in a good, clean way. I mean, they're not just going to rubber stamp anything. It's a difficult process. I mean, this is... This, there are very few tribes in the area that have had to go through this uh, in this manner. And so, yeah, it, it, I don't know how long it's going to be. You know, I don't know if it's going to be 10 years. I don't know if it's going to be five years. But, you know, that's going to be determined by, by how stalwart and, and strength, uh, the strength of our studies and um, and so forth. But, you know, uh, well, we did reach out to them. We told uh, Graydon on on Wednesday morning before we made the announcement what we were going to do. And uh, and we offered them a partnership in this. And uh, they, did, they did not, that the newspaper article was incorrect. I don't, uh, this newspaper folks are kind of not getting things, getting all the marks correctly, which I didn't appreciate. Um, and we, just, I, they said that my quote was that they declined. Um, we did not get an official declination from them. They, they did come out with a negative response. Uh, they don't, they don't support this. But they didn't decline. I, I, I figure the decline came from they're they're, they're not supporting it. But uh, I prefer things to be a little more specific when they're mm-hmm. quoting quoting us. Right. Well, and one of the things they said in the article in the Press Democrat this week, they run a series of articles. Um, but one of the things they said was that the region is is um, saturated with these kind of casino resorts, and that when the Grayton Casino opened, the the casino to the north, I think it was in Guerneville, saw a decline in their revenue. So I wonder, um, are there conversations between the tribes about this, or or um, is there? I, I saw that the Grayton Rancheria came out with a, a statement criticizing this this proposal. But you know, can you talk a little bit about uh, what that's like with the um, opposition among the other tribes? Um, I, I only know of, well, let's, let's, let's just talk about your saturation point. You know, the, the, the blowback is that there's too much gaming with, with two facilities, all right, in the, in the county. Well, what's saturation point? Let's talk about other industries, okay? How many wineries are there in Sonoma County? Right, there's 425 wineries in Sonoma County. How many acres of vineyards are there? There's 62,000 acres of vineyards. How many wine producers are there? There's 1,800. Okay, so in the gaming world, if we do get approved, we're looking at about 200 acres of land used for gaming with three operators. The other aspect that's been brought up has to do with the addiction aspect of it. So, I mean, if you can do an easy Google search, you're looking at about 3 to 5% of the population that comes into these buildings do have, can get addicted or are addicted to gaming, gambling. And we have 62,000 acres 
of land that's producing a beverage for 15% of the population that are alcoholics. So what is the greater damage? Those are the facts. Saturation-wise, California is far from being saturated with gaming. There's enough of population to produce quite a few. The only, the only sad part is there aren't, there aren't very many tribes. There aren't very more, too many tribes left from the, the colonization period. Uh, with the genocide and, and the servitude and the slavery, uh, you know, many of our, uh, our ancestors have been taken from us. And in some, in some cases, whole tribes have been terminated by, by death, and their culture is gone, as well as some of the culture, not only with our tribes that are still existing, um, as well. So uh, we're fortunate to have what we have. But um, so th- that's my response to those things. The other thing I want to, at some point, I want to cover too is, is what we can do for the community. You know, everybody's thinking about the Koi Nation, the Koi Nation. Well, we, I, I know our community. I know what we need. You know, I, I've been doing this for 27 years. I've, I've, I've been on tribal council continuously. And I think there's only a few others in the area that have sat on their tribal council continuously for that duration or longer. And I think one of, I think two of them are Greg, Greg, Saris, Laurel Ross. I know they've sat on their tribal councils continually. And, and it's obvious they've done a great job for their people. But, you know, but we also don't think about our people. We think about other Native Americans. So, um, you know, in Native American land, there's, there's, there's services and programs for people that are having tough times. There's a lot of them. But what about the people that are having tough times who are doing the right thing? Okay. What about the single mom who's not addicted to drugs or alcohol? All right. She doesn't qualify for these programs because she makes too much money. She's only making, what, $20 an hour? Right. She's paying. She has a car payment. She's paying for her kids to have clothes. She's doing all the basics, her rent, her mortgage, whatever it is. And she's maxed out credit-wise. The car breaks down. She needs a new engine. What is she going to do? Right? Well, we're going to create a fund that's going to address not only those people, but all people that are doing the right thing. We have a revenue-sharing allocation plan here with the Koi Nation that, that gives what little funding we have to our, our members, but they need to keep their nose clean. And we're just going to extend that and have that fund available for all, all Native Americans in the northern region. And um, so, that, so that's one thing we know for sure. Uh, people want to say, well, what about the people that are suffering from drug addiction and, and other types of bad behaviors? Well, I, I think, you know, that wheel has been, been, been done over and over again. There's resources for everybody throughout the whole. I, I, I know the other tribes, some of the other tribes we've mentioned on here have those programs, and that's great. But we want to help the people that are helping themselves. That's how we do things, and, and they deserve it. You know, they're left out in the cold. I mean, I, I, I get an example from a, from a friend of mine, you know, his family is outgrowing their home and, um, they would look, they wanted to add on to their home to make a larger home. But they decided maybe they would get a trailer to, for their, for their older, um, child. So they have their own space and, um, because their credit's maxed out, they can't just go get a contractor and build onto their home. And these are wonderful, sweet, beautiful, cultural, clean-nosed, beautiful people. 
and and they're stuck. I think I think the people like that need need a hand, and, and um, we're going to be happy to do so. Well, and uh, let me just remind people, this is Pomo Perspective. I'm Alicia Bales. I'm sitting in for Michael Hunter this morning, and our guest is Dino Beltran. He's the vice chairman of the Koi Pomo Nation of Northern California, uh, and we're talking all about their proposal to build a casino resort just between Windsor and Santa Rosa. A lot of headlines this week about the proposal. All all the reporters trying to look at all the, the different angles, and we thought we'd just invite you to come and talk about it for yourself here on KZYX and Pomo Perspective. Um, but one of the things that really differentiates these um, tribal development projects is what happens on the other end, where the money goes for uh, once the project starts to operate. So casinos in uh, tribal for tribal casinos are um, the, the income in many tribes goes back to the tribal members uh, in a way that development um, and non-tribal development, you know, it's usually for the profits of the investors and the developers. I'm sure there's some of that in this project just in order to be able to amass um, the resources to pursue a, such a large and expensive development. But um, ultimately, in Pomo country, there's a lot of um, economic development to, to benefit particularly the tribal members themselves and completely change their quality of life and their future prospects. And can you talk about that um, in terms of, you, you talked a little bit about creating this fund, but what, what would this casino mean for the Koi Nation? Well, um, the majority of our people live here in Sonoma County. Um, uh, Sonoma County is considered part of the greater Bay Area. And right now, um, they say the, I think it was early, early last year, I read, I think it was the San Francisco Chronicle, SF Gate, has stated that the poverty level to live in the greater Bay Area is $101,000 a year. And to a lot of people, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, right? it is a lot of money. And, um, and there's nobody in this tribe that, that's even close to that. There's nobody, and in and, and, and the area who consistently makes that. And that's why it's really tough for people to stay in, the, in these areas, you know. Um, this is a beautiful area. Our people have been here for thousands of years, and, and nobody wants to leave, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going, it, it, it can change. It can change. I've seen it change the lives of other tribal people throughout California and, and, the, and the nation. But then again, you know, what about the tribes that have been marginalized and are in an area that that don't have a population? You know, we're here because of the standards and that have been put forward by the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Um, we're not here by choice. Uh, we're, we're not we're not pursuing this project as as a, as a place by choice. It's because of two things: who we are and where we live, and uh, what the standards are and the policies of of, of this process. So yeah, it'll it'll change lives, um, but you know we're not going to be doing this alone. We also want to start, you know, there's, there's the compacting process, but that's this is way down the road, you know. But you know, we we do want to make sure that we have substantial amounts that go to the non-gaming tribes. We are a non-gaming tribe. Um, we were landless up until a couple of weeks ago, and um, we know what it's like. 
Now, even though we're landless, we're still considered landless by way of Bureau of Indian Affairs because uh, this land's not in trust. But because we're landless, we don't qualify for many, 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 many grants. We are very, we have very few things we can do. And um, when you have land, that's when you have access to transportation and infrastructure and all these types of things that we haven't had since we've been federally recognized in the late 2000s. But, um, but that doesn't mean we can't forget our, our others, other tribes out there that are, that are still hurting because just simply where they're from. And, um, and we, uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to put numbers to things because we're far away from that, but we're looking at giving some healthy numbers to the tribes that are small without gaming, especially the landless tribes, especially, and the tribes that have very small gaming operations that are very modest income coming from those things. But so that's so, so that so now I think we've taken care of the, the tribal communities and ourselves in this in this particular segment. The other important part is our outreach to our immediate community, the, the folks, uh, the non-Indian community, and that's really important to us too. You know, we we my, our chairman, my brother, you know, he stated, you know, we we live here, we go to school here, our kids have gone to school here, we've all graduated from school here, um, as have back to over 120 years. And that's just documented. We say 120 years, that is actually documented. We've been here for for thousands of years before that. But let's talk about our neighbors, you know. Uh, We have an idea what's needed here. We know there's fires. We know there's homelessness. We know there's those types of things that that need, need to be addressed or need help with. But I think the best way to address those is to have our, our governmental counterparts in a true government-to-government basis come to the table. Let's talk about these things. What do you need? And then um, down the road, we have a better idea of construction costs and things. But um, let's talk about what can be applied. Let's put some actual numbers to these to these uh, things that need help. And and I think that we're going to be able to, uh, to come to an agreement with I mean, we, at the end of the day, we could always put numbers on ourselves, but I think that's a little bit putting a, um, it's best if it comes from the people that know their people better than us. Um, I saw that Representative Huffman and uh, Senator Mike, State Senator Mike McGuire actually came out publicly against it right at the very beginning. What? How does that feel to have that kind of opposition along with some of the residents of the area who I guess have started a, a little, a, a group, uh, like a citizens mm-hmm. group to oppose the project? Um, you know, we, we've, we've tried to reach out to our, our public relations folks to try to have meetings with some of these local officials before it broke, and the timing didn't work out all that great. Uh, apparently, uh, we we, did, we were forthright in trying to have these meetings beforehand. Um, I, I I think you know that's fine. You know they're 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 welcome to to think what they like and feel the way they like. I, they haven't sat down and talked with us specifically about what we can really do. Um, uh, I, we did have an original conversation. Excuse me, I take that back. I, we did have a, a brief conversation with Senator McGuire. And, and I've known Senator McGuire over the years here and there. We've had private conversations about uh, other issues, and uh, I find him to be a very sound and intelligent uh, and, a, and a really good leader. Um, I think at the end of the day, because our, our tribal populations are so small, 
is the fact, and, and then each individual community and each tribal community has their own concerns that maybe they would, if we sat down one to one, that they could understand why we're here and our, you know, how we got here and, and why we're going in this direction. Then maybe they might feel a little bit differently, but you know, that's that that comes from sitting sitting down face to face, one to one. So you're even hoping, if we have to wear a mask, <laughs> right? So you're hoping to actually talk more with them about that. Oh sure, yeah. We, you know, we're going to have meetings with other the other officials, and we look forward to, to talking to them. Um, at the end of the day, I think this is really going to be helpful for the community. I mean, the tour, the tourism, the tourism to wine country is really overwhelming, and 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 I I just think this is just going to add to the tourism. I and mean, I think the one component that's not mentioned is that you know we do plan to have a small winery in, in our in our in one of the phases. After building, um, we're going to keep a good portion of the of the vineyards to to make that winery survive. Have a, ho- a wine hospitality program uh, that's going to be integrated with the resort, um, so we can be wine education and and, and, um, and part be part of the tourism aspect of things too. Besides just being great growers. Daniel, can we talk a little bit about the the compact? And what that is, I mean, I feel like it's such a specialized experience and kind of regulatory process that may be completely opaque to our listeners about what a compact is and and why you you need to have one and how you get one and and maybe a little bit about how this process even developed. Well, you know, I'm not a true expert on it. But I'll do my best. Not okay, yet. I'm so sure I'll you're going to be <laughs> throughout this process. Yeah. So um, early on in gaming, again, I'm not an expert. I'm going on just what I can recall. Um, early on in tribal gaming, uh, one of the largest complaints was um, from the population, the greater population was, well, they're using our police, they're using our fire departments, they're not paying for it, and... And the federal government does not require, at the time, they still really don't, but they've put in good faith, that you have, that you didn't have to pay. Native Americans didn't have to pay for these entities because they're public entities. And um, so the tribes felt at some point that they would reach out to the local municipalities and offer money for those municipal services. So whether it's maybe the water department, the police department, the fire department, those types of things that they would enter in agreements to to pay the local municipality for those services. So, at, at essence, those are some of the key things. And <clears throat> it has evolved over the years. You, you look at it also evolves with the uh, each administration has uh, what they would like to see put into these agreements between the local municipality and the and the, and the, and the tribe. But for the most part, it is municipal services. But, you know, I mean, for us, uh, the other aspect of it is what you're going to pay in for the non-gaming tribe. There is the uh, Indian Gaming Revenue Sharing Trust Fund, which does have funding for the non-gaming tribes or the tribes that have 349 machines or less. We are one of those tribes. You know, we're landless. We have no gaming. And we receive that fund. We're grateful that that's helped us out over the the years. And uh, we're grateful for that. So we would continue to do that. But, you know, maybe you can be crafty and maybe you can be innovative and maybe you're just going to do more than that. And that's what I was talking about earlier. What are we going to do that's more and different? We don't need to have an agreement with the county 
ratified by the state that says we're going to do this. We can do things on our own. You know, we can go over and above that. And I, I think at this juncture, uh, with all with a good faith intentions at this point, that's where we're looking at going. You know, these other fundings, if we can get it in a compact, that would be great. If not, we're going to do it on our own. You know, uh, whether it's through for the our citizens, our fellow citizens in Sonoma County, or other fellow tribal citizens of other tribes, you know, um, you know, I, I, yeah, other tribes have promised other tribes things, and nothing has happened. And you know, I, I really like to think that when people talk about the Beltrans, they think of us as people of our word, and we always have been, and we're not going to change. And that's the philosophy of our tribe. So when I'm saying something right now. It's going to happen to which capacity, I don't know. But we're going to be forthright. It's going to be more than good faith. It's going to come through if this thing gets approved to fulfill all our commitments and the things that we're saying now because we know our tribal communities and we would like to get to know the Sonoma County community better through the eyes of their supervisors. And and that's going to address it specifically, specifically not only what needs to be addressed, what needs to be helped with, and what those dollars will be. So as far as the compact, that's the best I can do for you right now. Mm-hmm. Who? So you have to secure a gaming compact with the state of California. Who is part of those negotiations, and is you know what's what's a what's the outcome? Um, again, not the expert, but I you know we'll be working with with the local municipality and the services that they will provide for us, and put a dollar number on what those services will be, and we'll pay that on an annual basis. And and that also involves the state legislature, and they'll vote on it to make sure that what we're putting forward to our community is uh, is going to be um, sound for them. And I, we like that part. Uh huh. So the, so it, it it does get voted on by the state legislature. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that has to be in place for you to go into these negotiations with the state? Um. Boy, you have me on a real busy day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I figure, um, I, I mean, it's all, I, I hear I, about know, this stuff, but I don't Alicia, really understand I, I, it. Again, you know, and I, I hate to be, I hate to be, I, I'm not going to try to dodge the question because at, at this point, I, I think, I can't think of anything else. But I, I know there, it, it's, it, it's a fairly complex process. Right. And and it's a it's a process that not only complex but has changed through all sorts of litigation and legislation. There was a state uh, voter initiative a few years back. I mean, it has been these gaming compacts, as far as I can see, have been one of the sort of front lines of the struggle for tribal sovereignty. I mean, it's not just about the the building casinos, but it's also about asserting your sovereignty as as nations, right? It, it does, you know. It, um, I mean, I, I, different municipalities have different ideas about what sovereignty is, tribal sovereignty. Um, I, I think I think we look at some of our officials that we've already we've spoken with a couple, and uh, and they seem to have an idea of what tribal sovereignty is, and 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 we we greatly appreciate that. Um, but, you know, tribal sovereignty is every aspect of tribal sovereignty. Like I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, you know, there's only one thing that's ever been voted on at a federal level 
that upholds and is supportive of Native Americans, and that's this gaming thing. It's the only thing. Um, have we looked at other avenues? Yeah. We, we've, we've had one guy come to us and want to see if we can put land in the chest and grow hydroponic bell peppers. And and stop, don't laugh. Sorry. Don't laugh. <laughs> I mean, it sounds delicious. But, 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 but at the end of the day, the process and the dollars it would take to put that land in the trust is very similar, similar to what it would take to, to do a gaming project. So at the end of the day, they're going, wow, uh, that's a lot of money. That's some so, very expensive bell peppers. Yeah, and they were high end. You know, there was, they were going to be distributed to all the, you know, California cuisine restaurants in the state of California. Um, the other thing that was been brought to us was during the Obama administration, when Secretary of State, uh, excuse me, uh, Attorney General uh, Eric Holder had stated that Native Americans can grow marijuana and distribute marijuana on their lands. And even though the Tribal Council could have made that decision, we, we took it to the, to the General Council. It's, it's their decision, we felt. And they voted unanimously to reject that idea because they, because I can think back to that meeting now and they're going, when, when drugs and alcohol have done to our family and our people is just terrible. There's no reason for us to engage in that. And I'm so happy that they made that decision. That was, that took a lot of guts because we, we could have already been had land in the trust. We had three people or three, the very next day we had three investors call us. We're going to get you rich. We can get this land in the trust. We're prepared to do all that. We're going, sounds great, but it's drugs. And drugs are drugs. Mind changers are mind changers. It a, you can want to call it a medicine. You call it a medicine all you like. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's not CBD they were looking to, to grow. They are looking to grow uh, something to get high on, and that's just not where we're at. Mm-hmm. That, that, that crosses our grain as spiritual people, specifically the Khoi people. We're really against drugs and alcohol. Okay, well, we're coming up on the last few minutes of the show here, and I just I know you're very busy, and I bet you're getting a whole lot of calls right now, so I really appreciate you taking the time to come on KZYX and talk about this. Uh, it's Pomo Perspective, and our guest is Dino Beltran. He is the vice chairman of the Koi Nation of Northern California, and we talked before about your work uh, documenting uh, traditional ancestral Koi lands in Lake County and some beautiful documentaries that you've put together. And like I said, um, Emmy award winning documentaries that you can find on, on YouTube. Um, do you just want to tell us in this last minute or so how people can follow uh, your efforts for, to, for the resort and um, also learn more about the Koi Nation? Uh, yes, um, we, 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 we revamped our website com, and it has some aspects about the uh, the project right now. Has aspects about our uh, our history, our prehistory, and uh, we invite you to go there. Um, you know, there is there is a, a public comment period for this um, coming up in the next. Uh, what the next? Um, let me think. I think it's ninety days. First time, these types of projects are, are kind of rare. So, um, you know, I think within the next ninety days, there's going to be comment periods for the for the for the citizens of our, our neighbors to come and voice their opinions, and um, and we're open to hear what they have to say then. And uh, we're looking to do our own outreach at some point as well. Uh, like you said, we're getting so many calls from so many different people. It's not just the press. There's all kinds of things that are going on. 
uh, through these processes that we're, we're addressing um, and, and trying to do so in the best way possible. So, yeah, the, I think the best way is, is the website for right now. And we'll keep adding to it as, as things uh, continue to expand and the things are, need to be expressed. All right, and Koi Nation is K-O-I Nation.com. Yes. All right, anything else you want to add? You're supposed to come hike with us. I'd love to <laughs> out in the... You're supposed to. You didn't, you didn't call us. No, I know. Anyways, when you get a chance, get your, get your, get your child, and we'll, we'll take you for a hike, and then uh, show you some Koi area, and, and uh, we'll take you to our property one of these days, and we'll show you what's going on there. I, I think you'll feel it in that creek area. Mm-hmm. Right, the Anderson Marsh. I'm really looking forward to there being enough rain to, to show off the, the marshy side of the Anderson Marsh. Oh, no kidding, huh? That would be great. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. I appreciate your time today. It's good to see you, and and we'll take take care. And, and Michael, uh, sorry we missed you today, but I hope you're having a good day. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Dino. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. That was Dino Beltran. He is the vice chairman of the Koi Nation, and they are working on a project. They have proposed a project for a casino resort between Windsor and Santa Rosa. You probably, if you follow the news, you're probably reading about it in the paper. Uh, and so we thought we would invite him to come on and, and talk with you about it so you could get his perspective. Uh, my name is Alicia Bales. want to thank you for listening this morning and take good care. Have a great Monday. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.